Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Wilma Dirksen and her husband Cliff went through the unimaginable in 1984 when their 13-year-old daughter Candace went missing. Her body was later discovered bound, frozen in a shed. And Wilma and her husband Cliff made a decision early on that they would forgive. This left many people confused in their community, but that did not change the way that the Dirksons were feeling. Although it's been a tough journey, they remain true to their words. Wilma recently put together her sixth book. It's called Dispelling the Clouds, a Desperate Social Experiment. She hopes by sharing her story, it will provoke more thinking and more difficult conversations, as well as more honesty and understanding about approaches to justice and restoration of both victim healing and offenders today on connection she'll share her story with us and why she continues to do what she does today we're joined by wilma dirksen since the abduction and murder of her daughter candace in 1984 wilma dirksen has influenced victims offenders and the community by telling her story first of all most of us know who you are and we know your story but for those who don't know anything about wilma and the dirksons tell us a little bit about your family I'm probably known best as Candace's mother, and that's kind of strange to be known for for your daughter, and especially when your daughter was murdered, and I think that's probably what I'm known for. And then because I've been telling my story and uh, writing, I'm also known as an author, but probably best known as Candace's mother, which is kind of ironic, and uh, people often ask, are you... Are you sure you want to be known as Candace's mother? I don't think there's any bigger honor. Now, when it comes to writing, you've actually put together a total of, of six books. And most recently, you've released one that is called Dispelling the Clouds, a Desperate Social Experiment. Tell us a little bit about this book and why you decided to write it. I The book, <laughs> those are two very different questions <laughs> So uh, and very diverse the, the reason that I wrote this book and ha- is because people have always been asking me about how did we survive the murder of our daughter? And um, so I've been always compelled to answer, answer that question. And so the book really does start with that um, dilemma. When Candace's body was found, we um, were visited by a parent of a murdered child. And he came and he says, I've come to tell you what to expect. And so then for two hours at our kitchen table from 10 to 12 o'clock at night, he told us about his broken life and how the murder of his daughter had just destroyed him. And and um, it had cost him his job, his concentration, his happiness, his relationship with his family, and even the relationship with his, his, his uh daughter that was murdered he couldn't have any memories of her without thinking of the offender and the killer and cliff and i just looked at him and were shocked and 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 horrified then we went to bed that night and at the door of our bedroom both of us were standing there and we saw something on the bed and we just felt we couldn't go to sleep and we couldn't enter into our bed that night it was as if there was a presence cliff saw a reptilian cloud i saw a dog-like ferocious cloud and uh, it wasn't real but it was real to us, and it was just so offensive. It was like he, the parent of a murdered child had left behind his mood, mm-hmm. and we just thought it was over. We wouldn't be, ever be able to sleep. But then Cliff and I have a skill set, I guess, that comes from our heritage, from our background, from our um, studying scripture, and so we just said, we're going to forgive. We're not going there. We're not going to enter into the anger and the fear of that moment. We're going to do it differently. 
So we said, we're going to forgive. And the thing shriveled up and we went to bed and we slept. Wow. We didn't sleep that long, but we slept, you know, and that was a miracle because a lot of people have experienced murder, never sleep in their beds again. Just saying it like, was it that easy? It sounds that easy. We're going to forgive and we forgive, but I'm guessing it probably wasn't quite that easy to do. We chose the word at that moment. Mm. We didn't say how we were going to do it or had any expectations. And that's why it was an experiment. You know, everything was an experiment. Is this going to work? You know, we saw this thing and it was beckoning us to anger and fear. And so we, that, that was the only word that came to us. So we said, we're going to forgive. At least I, I don't think it's ever over. It was just the beginning. And that cloud didn't leave completely. It's stayed in the corner <laughs> and became kind of a presence. And that's what the book is all about, how it it would manifest itself at different times and different people. And especially with my working with uh, criminals, when I would ever see somebody who had experienced, uh, who had murdered somebody, the cloud was there. And uh, so it's not an easy journey. And it was, it would take on warrior like proportions sometimes. I'm, I'm saying this in, in the, in an imaginary way, but it was real. Like even Winston Churchill says that he felt the black dog coming. So I think it's a, it's a historic kind of image as well. Hmm. What has the response been like so far for those who have had the opportunity to read through it? Well, the response to the actual act and me saying that we were going to forgive that came out in the press conference a few days after the murder and we were thanking everybody in Winnipeg, they asked us what we were going to do about the murder, and we just said we're going to forgive. Again, we threw out the word like an experiment, not like we were going to do it. It's kind of like, you know, you get married, you vow you're going to get love this person, and then you find out what it means after you've made the public public declaration. And that was very similar to how we were experiencing it. So the first reaction to the word forgiveness was uh, that it was rejected, we were told that 80% of Canadians in the country thought we were permissive and that was the wrong choice. So we, we had a reaction, a very negative reaction right away to the word. And it was constant. And so that is also what the book is about. It's about how um, this this thing didn't leave us and, not, and then haunted us also in public. And the reaction to the book is, well, I don't quite know yet, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, the reaction, well, there's been drafts of this. And so at first, it, it, because it does talk a lot about my collegial relationship with a notorious criminal where the, the cloud came out again, um, people seem to want me to choose between was he right or was I right? And so there's been a lot of confusion in the first drafts. But now I the, the reaction that I got from at least two very important people is that the, it's it's a the page turner apparently it's a page turner. Somebody said I got it. I started reading. I was only going to read one or two chapters a day because my books are difficult. She said eight hours later she'd finished it. Uh, Wil- Wilma, I find interesting where you and Cliff you announced you're going to forgive. You're going to dispel this cloud, and then the public comes at you and says, "No, you're not allowed to." Do you find that? We tend to do that a lot as society. We maybe hinder people moving towards forgiveness or finding freedom because of what we think or how we think things should be. Well, I think there's actually two reactions and both reactions are very harmful. One is you have to forgive. And that was just, it felt like abuse as well. When I was with a group called Family Survivors of Homicide, they were reacting to 
people saying, get over your anger, just get over it, just get over your fear, just just get on with your life. They didn't use the word forgiveness that much, but it was that kind of talk that just really was very harmful because people didn't realize how difficult it was. And then there was this this reaction to the forgiveness word that that's that's being irresponsible. That's like being culpable. That's like condoning anger and and murder. And so both were, it's not easy to deal with this very controversial word that is counterintuitive and yet is so needed and and has such power in, in almost a visceral way. What is forgiveness to you? <laughs> That's the million dollar question. <laughs> I still have to. I still have to write another book. <laughs> I'm not finished. I'm not finished with it's it's like what is love, right? Mm. And love is is a cousin to forgiveness and it's it's so big and so so important and 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 we can feel it or not feel it and it's it's hard to name and label. And another thing is it's so different to everybody. Like my husband went through his forgiveness journey very differently than I did. So it's kind of has to be customized too. So there's not one formula that will fit everybody. So it is a really, really difficult, but it, forgiveness is really about using counterintuitive. It's about letting go about that, which wants to hold you and seduce you into staying where you're at and being stuck. Then it is about investigation. There is a learning that is required in order to forgive and move on. And then finally, it is about instituting something good. It is about recycling. It's about taking everything that is negative and turning it into something beautiful. And the only way that we can really fight negativity, evil, or whatever we're going to call it, the enemy, is to to really throw goodness at it. And now that you've gone through this process of forgiveness, have you noticed people around you who maybe in the beginning were like, no, that is not okay? Have you seen them um, change the way they feel and the way they think? Well, that's also in the book where all of a sudden for 22 years, we were kind of put on the shelf. No, you know, I was allowed to tell my story, but never really said, okay, we endorse what you're saying. Then, um, after the trial, I think people realized, oh, it did work. Cliff and I were still together. And our family was still together. And we were all saying why. We, it was because we were forgiving. And we were just as baffled at this whole concept as everyone else. And then all of a sudden, we were experts. <laughs> and I don't, in the book, Malcolm Gladwell comes to see and say, how do you forgive? Is it real that you're forgiving? And we had this wonderful conversation. And then all of a sudden... It was um, almost a huge question, how? And then, and then I was sought after, and, um, and we were sought after that. So that was, and that was another challenge because I'm not used to, not used to that kind of platform. And uh, it, it, too, is very painful to go public and, and still disclose. Uh, so that was another onslaught of, of forgiveness and then having to explain it and still finding that and then realizing how difficult, how difficult it is to explain. And even though after all these years, it's still difficult to do. Uh, what are you hoping comes out of sharing the story of forgiveness? And I hope 
that there will be some reader somewhere, some young woman. I read a book that put me on this path as well. And it, that story is in the book as well. I hope that some woman, some young woman who faces something dreadful chooses the word. And I guess I also hope that some, just that people will choose the word. Just, just choose the word and, and just go a different direction so that, um, we travel along a road that's very exciting, very dramatic, very challenging, but does lead to ultimate peace and, and happiness. Cliff and I, at the book launch we had in our garden, just realized again how how happy we are that we're still together. <laughs> and and the blessings that come when we choose that difficult road of love that makes no sense at all at some times and continually try to to work towards good. I just, yeah, I just want people to, to try, to experiment with us, to try it as an experiment, not as a conclusion, but as an experiment and see if it works for them as well. Um, now, when it comes to writing, you have a total of six books. And now when we spoke, you're like, I got one more <laughs> to go. What is it about writing? It, what is it about writing that you love? Uh, is it a heal, it, part of healing for you? Or do you just really enjoy, you know, being able to spread the word? Um, what is it about writing for you? Writing, I think for me, is a passion that comes from I don't even need an audience. I still need to write because I need to find out what I'm thinking. And I only know what I'm thinking after I've written an article. It's a process for me. And uh, I think it's huge healing. I'm also a therapist. I work as a therapist. And so I know that any type of processing we do, whether it's on page or with somebody else, getting those words is the first journey and a very difficult challenge in any kind of difficult and complex situation. But you know what? I think, in essence, I'm also an entertainer. Hmm. The best feeling I get is when people say it's a page turner. Now, all of my books have not been page turners, believe me. The first one they said was, have you seen Candace was? And this one apparently is as well. And that just fills me with total delight to, to think that I can give somebody um, entertainment Entertaining, an entertaining moment, which to me means it's kind of like an escapism. We need stories to wrench us out of our present day and bring us into a new world. And uh, and that entertainment has a value to it. It's probably therapeutic too to watch a good movie once in a while mm -hmm. and forget where you're at because it's so gripping. And um, so all of that is just, I think, why I write. And sometimes I. I'm, I hit the mark. Sometimes I, most of the time I don't. <laughs> so it's always the attempt as well. In your family's life too, we see the power of forgiveness at work, right? Like I believe um, you and your husband, Cliff, did you also plant a church alongside your son and his wife too? Well, yes. Um, I was so scared that both of my children lo would lose their faith. Yeah. Because when in, in encountering something like, something like this, that we think God did it to us. And we're going to hate God. We cannot trust God anymore. And that's a huge theological and and dilemma. And it's hard to get through without forgiveness and understanding that God knows this is a crazy world, but God has given us an antidote for it. And that's the word forgiveness. So that was my biggest fear. Well, I guess I overdid it because both of them became pastors. <laughs> <laughs> that's so amazing. I know. Odia married a pastor and um, is a vineyard church in in, Winnip uh, in Winkler, and Cyrus is a pastor in uh, 
in Winnipeg and it's called Maple Crest. And, and both of the churches, I would say, both of the ministries, I would say, are characterized by a very vibrant understanding of God and how God talks to us in, in the present. And so, um, I'm delighted. To me, it's, um, it's amazing. I guess I, I think that ministry is very difficult. Yeah. I think that, yeah. so I'm worried about them. I'm very worried about them. I don't think I'll ever stop worrying about them. But I'm also delighted that they've taken on the challenge of this kind of ministries in both of their lives. Dispelling the Clouds, a Desperate Social Experiment. It's out now. Uh, Wilma, tell us how we can get our hands on this book. Amazon. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, okay. In three days, I got my first copy. I was a customer, so I thought I'd try to see if it would work, and it did. It's also McNally Robinson, and um, I also have a publishing company, Amity Publishers, that I'm setting up better. It's not quite constructed the way it should be. I've had it for a long time, but I'm reworking the website. And me, DirksonWilma at gmail.com. I'll send it out. Thank you so much for making time for us today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's always good to talk about Thanks again for joining us on Connections. Don't forget, you can listen to the full episodes on your radio station in the morning as well as the evening. You can also find the podcast version at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast. We'll talk to you again on Connections.